Promo Kitchen is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org slash donate. Thank you so much, and let's get started with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring boundary pushers, rabble-rousers, freaks, and geeks who are shaking up the $21 billion promotional products industry. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of Common Skew, and today I get the opportunity to speak with one of our industry's foremost online community builders, Mike Schenker. In his day job, Mike is the executive director of the Gold Coast Promotional Products Association, but his side hustle is guiding the ebb and flow of the Facebook Promotional Products Professionals Group, a role that he proudly shares with Lisa Bibb. At 6,134 members, the Promotional Products Professionals Group is the largest industry group on Facebook. It was founded in 2008 by Lisa Bibb as a way to bring industry people on Facebook together. The group is well known within the industry circles as a place where people can get ideas for projects they are working on, source hard-to-find products, and discuss the latest trends. And yes, it's also a place where some people come to vent and complain, but more on that later. Our episode today will explore the good, bad, and ugly sides of building an industry group online and how one manages all of the different stakeholders, each of whom bring their differing opinions to the table. There is never a dull day here, folks, and I'm excited to welcome Mike to get into the details with us today. Mike, it's great to have you here with us today. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you for having me. Thank you for lowering your standards and allowing the likes of me to join you. Well, the bar is exceptionally low, Mike, but I think that we'll be able to jump high over it today, my friend. (laughs) You're not giving yourself enough credit. So let's start at the beginning. In 2008, I mentioned in the intro that the group was started then, but can you give me a little bit more color on how it was that the promotional products group was started on Facebook? In 2008, Facebook was still a relatively new thing, at least to those of us outside of the college age. And it was starting to evolve into a really good free business network. And Lisa Bibb, who you've mentioned a couple of times, recognized this and thought, hey, this is a good opportunity for some really good networking. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what this might lead to, but let's see what happens. And it started small. It started slowly, but look what we've got now. What what did you say? We've got 6,100 members about 14 of them active on a regular basis. The, the rest of them have day jobs, I think, and actually go out and sell. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 14. Is that an exaggeration? Or are you getting at the fact that most online communities are really populated by 
5% of really active people and the rest are, are lurkers or, you know, people that are just looky-loos? I think, you know, if my lips are moving, you can assume I'm being sarcastic. There are several people in the group that do have a presence. And it's been interesting for me to watch some personalities become personalities, for lack of a better term. But of the active people in the group, yes, you'll see some of the same people over and over again. And that's okay because for the most part, and get this, this is what the group was about. These people are there to help. There are other people in the group, and I'm not going to name names because fortunately I have a short attention span. There are people in there with the intent of impressing you with their knowledge. So Mike, why do you feel this group has been successful? Like, Why does it work? We'll get into the good, bad, and ugly sides of this group in just a moment, but there's no question that this group has worked because people show up each and every day, they're engaged, they're posting, they're liking, they're commenting. Why does this group work? I, th- I, I can't swear to this. I think speaking personally, I have worked from home for a long time. And I believe more and more industry practitioners are the same. We no longer have the water cooler opportunities. And that's where so much of social media comes into play. And if you have a community like the Promotional Product Professionals Group, that is a great opportunity for you to hang around the water cooler with your peers and just talk about stuff. Yeah. And again, it just evolved into something that I certainly never expected. And and I I can't imagine that Lisa saw this coming either. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about why it's worked, and I think that's a very interesting answer. And I think you're actually bang on in that this is an industry that is spread out all across the world. I mean, primarily within the US and Canada. But when you think about the role that PPAI and to some extent ASI play as formal trade groups or industry associations, let's just call them that. Do you feel there's a part of the Facebook promotional products group that filled a gap that neither ASI or PPAI was not able to fill? And it almost works better as something that's separate and completely cut off from PPAI and ASI? I believe so. Yes. Why is that? Each of them have had versions of what this group is about. And frankly, I don't follow them all that closely. I I have a day job that I have to do from time to time. But I believe that our group just allows you to not be constricted by the parameters of the mothership, how I refer to PPAI, or by the guidelines of ASI either. And I'm pleased to say we have members in the group from both of those organizations. Of course. Who contribute and, you know, nobody's pushing an agenda, which is phenomenal. Where we are, for the most part, here to help. Well, and I, I think that's a great point. And it's certainly not a knock on anything that ASI or PPAI or any industry group has tried to put together from a community building standpoint. But I think that what's unique about this is that it's ultimately 
controlled and owned by Facebook. Let's be very clear about that (laughs) in terms of anything that we, you or me or anyone else does on Facebook, whether it's in the group or otherwise. And then I think that because it is completely controlled by something outside the industry, I think it allows for this great freedom of expression, which of course has got an ugly side. We'll get into that later. But I think that if, <laughs> if it was a part of the mothership, so to speak, there would be a series of rules that may ultimately constrict the conversation and make it less free flowing. Maybe better behavior there, but it may limit the conversation. Well, you're touching on something that's kind of happening as we speak, because we do have rules in our group. Because, yeah, you have to have some rules. Now, listen, I am a, I'll speak slowly for the Canadian listeners. I am a staunch. <laughs> and, and those in Florida. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, I am a staunch defender of the First Amendment, which is freedom of speech. You know, as a broadcast student, I mean, that yep. was, and as a writer to this day, First Amendment is a huge part of my life. So I want freedom of speech. I want people to be able to speak their minds and constructively. When you start yelling fire in a movie theater, that's where you've got to shut it down. And we are presently in the middle of something where we did actually kick somebody out of the group recently because this person's intent was just to slam another company, distributor versus supplier, you know, age old story there. Yes. And listen, that's fair, but do it constructively. As soon as we see boycott this or that, well, you know, that's, oh, now we're getting into legalities. Now it's going to get ugly because when you're calling for a boycott, That's restraint of trade. And Lisa and I, as I have said before, we are both too pretty to go to prison. And I say that because in an earlier episode, we had somebody sick his lawyer on us or threatened to because we allowed somebody else to say something bad. So no, we're shutting you down right here, right now. So this current episode has one industry participant pitted against another, called for a boycott. I had to dial him back on that. And he got it up to a point and then continued to find other ways of saying the same thing, but differently. That's got to stop. So we deleted the post altogether. So what he did was he sought out the other party via the the search box in our group, found every other post this person had done, and commented on all those posts, don't do business with these people. Well, guess what, Sparky? You just got kicked out. It's amazing. And it took a couple of days, and I can't even say he's come crawling back, but he is just not getting it, and he may ultimately hear this, and that's a chance I will take. But look, the rules are in place for a reason. We also do insist on courtesy. Right. And the word that I keep throwing out is professionalism. Right. 
and there's not enough of it in the industry as a whole and in the group. So that's like my mantra right there. That that's that's my touchstone, professionalism. I said in this part of my questions that I wanted to be honest in my response or as a member of this group, that there was a, a recent thread, okay? And the recent thread was written by a woman by the name of Sika Sue Skorik Ristic. I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correct. And she's still a member of the of the group right now. I'm mentioning her name because it is in the public domain of anyone who's part of this. A very short and crisp post. Does anyone know where I can get golf balls printed with a logo? And it turns out this person is, it was a little bit nebulous as to whether she was in the industry, but obviously you had let her in. And she's also indicated here that she's part of a distributorship. She's indicated the name of her company and it's associated with a larger distributor. So by all accounts, it looks, it certainly looks legitimate. And reading this, I was embarrassed for our industry. I was embarrassed for our industry because I read the snarky responses, not from everyone, but there were a few notable people. I'm not going to mention their names. You just can go onto this post, search for it in the search box, and you'll see some of the snark. And I thought to myself, here's someone who is clearly new, a little bit uneducated about where to get things. But at the end of the day, that's what this group is for. One of the things it does, it's indicated right here at the very top, crowdsourcing, idea sharing, product sourcing, all this stuff. And she was absolutely raked over the coals. And as I said, I was embarrassed for our industry. And I just felt like if I was this woman, I would have thought, my goodness, what kind of hate chamber have I waltzed into? And in part, it motivated me to reach out to you, Mike, to to do this podcast, because I know you and Lisa, you're fantastic people. The DNA of this group is rooted in positivity. And I looked at this and I thought to myself, like, these trolls should really be taken to task. I was going to jump in, but thought, you know what? That's not going to really do anything. Maybe there's something else that we can do. And maybe doing this podcast is actually one, one of the ways that we can solve this. But can you talk to me about how this evolved? Maybe challenge me, Mike, if my perception of this is a little bit harsh in terms of my reading of it. And talk to me a little bit about how you felt this went down in terms of how the community responded to this particular person. I am with you 100%. Now, again, I encourage dialogue. I want discussion. I want debate. I don't want personal attacks like that. To use your word, it was an embarrassment. And eventually it had to be shut down. It was addressed. It was addressed maybe early enough in the conversation, but because of the nature of how you can comment on Facebook, if it was addressed within the fifth comment, okay, resolved. She works for a distributor. Let's move on. But instead, people didn't necessarily read that. What they read was, hey, I'm looking for imprinted golf balls. Are you kidding? Are you really in this industry? What are you doing here? Mike, Lisa, you let yeah. somebody else in. I think we need border walls. I you know, really, come on, people, read. And, yeah. and it was at that point, it just yeah. went on yeah. so much longer than it needed to. And eventually, I had to shut down the conversation. It was asked. It was answered. It was addressed. Yeah. It was debated. 
okay, yep. enough already. You yep. people have have just done this poor new person such a disservice. And my my point about all that is yep. remember when you started. Do you remember what it was like? And and you were a babe in the woods and didn't know yep. where to turn for an imprinted golf ball. Come on, help each other. Yep. I'll chime in here. This <laughs> in and of itself could be its own episode. <laughs> Maybe we'll make it that, Mike. But what's so interesting is I, I'll make two relatively quick comments here. First of all, when I got into the industry, I got into the industry in the late 90s. I was just out of school. I was in my early 20s and I only sold clothing, okay? Was, was a clothing specialist for probably the first two or three years of the right sleeve business, only sold clothing. By year three in the business, and you could say at that point, I was somewhat established, had some clients, was turning a bit of a profit. I still had not produced an order of golf balls or pens. I remember, I remember the guy who taught me how to sell pens was probably in year three. It was a multi-line rep who was in Toronto who called on me selling shirts and hoodies and golf shirts. And I said to him, I have a client who's asked me for an imprinted pen and he had to teach me where to get a pen. This is from a guy who'd been in the business for three years as a full-time guy working my ass off. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where to get a pen at that time. You could call me an idiot or you could just call me uneducated in that particular sector. You can see where I've evolved into this industry since then. And I credit that guy, that, that multi-line rep who still does a lot of business with us. He's actually now a supplier rep. It's incredible. So that was the one thing I thought. The second thing in this particular case was, I wonder from the snark whether it's really to do with thinking this woman is an end client. That was actually not the first thing that came to my mind. I'd figure that she was actually a distributor because I know that you and Lisa are pretty on the up and up in terms of researching so that she was not an end client. That's not what I had thought. What I thought was that there was a collective insecurity from some of these people that had chimed in on a negative basis, a collective insecurity with these people whose businesses are just kind of skidding along, they're sort of at the bottom end of the market, and they don't have anything else to do but to rail against other people who are trying to you know, progress themselves in the business. That, that, that's what I thought. And I thought to myself, like, if you were a successful distributor, and maybe this is me on my soapbox right now, but if you were a successful distributor, would you really be tearing a strip off someone who's looking for golf balls or you just ignore it and go and try to sell more products and just focus on being better? I just thought to myself, like, how insecure, where's this insecurity coming from? And maybe Maybe that's another topic of conversation, but I, I was really, really set off by it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your program host, Mark Graham speaking. That is uh, not Mike Shanker. I just want to point that out. That's true. That is Mark Graham speaking, and I'm happy to, uh, to receive feedback from that. I, I, I kind of agree with you, and, and it's interesting that you bring up your personal history with that, because for the better part of my career, I was in the promotional apparel business as a yep. supplier. And I would call on distributors primarily, but I also called on uniform companies, silk screeners, and embroiderers. And when I would make calls to the latter, I recognized that some of you people 
could be selling promotional items. I mean, you're local embroidery guy. You're you're doing shirts for the company picnic. This is a great opportunity for you to be doing some plastic drinkware for that same event, don't you think? And it it became an important issue for me because I saw a great opportunity within our industry to open the doors a little and just welcome more, you know what? More sales, more sales for the industry overall. And yeah, I got some serious pushback on that because the distributor network was all about, oh my God, you're you're letting more competition yep. come in yep. and, and take business away. Yep. You really think that? Come on. Are you that insecure? Are you that unsure of your own existing client base exactly. that you're worried about? The embroiderer down the street taking that 50-piece Frisbee order. Frisbee is a registered trademark item of the whoever it yeah. is. So yeah. flying disc order for the, for the company picnic. Come on, people. I, I think you're bang on. And, that, and I think that that's what I was trying to communicate with that insecurity comment. Because at the end of the day, if you've got a great distributorship, And the assumption is that if you're in the promotional products professionals group, you are A, a professional, B, you've had some success and some track record under your belt, or you're new and you're excited about getting your business off the ground and you're a sponge for knowledge. But if you're someone who's been in the business for some time, chances are you would assume that your business is relatively successful with a good set of clients. Sure, you could use more clients. Yes, you're probably dealing with some challenges, but at the end of the day, you would assume there's some security there. I can tell you that if I look at the right sleeve business, if I put my distributor hat on with that business that we've grown over the past, you know, almost 15, 20 years now, having someone ask about where to get imprinted golf balls is an absolutely negligible threat to our business. And in actual fact, we're better off if we reach out and say, hey, is there a way that we can help share some experiences so that way you can move up the the food chain, so to speak, within the industry, because what goes around comes around. But at the end of the day, are we going to lose a customer because there's some new person in the industry that is asking about where to get logoed golf balls? If that's the case, then I should shut my business now. And I think that that's what I'm talking about with some of these people and the snarkiness that I, I would wonder if they could look at themselves in the mirror and say, am I secure in this business that I have created? And really ask themselves that question. And again, if I'm upsetting some of these people, they can call me directly and we can talk about it. But I'm hoping to use this as a bit of a platform to encourage this conversation about some of this rude behavior within our industry that we love so much. Well, now, Dr. Graham, we we are getting into the psychology of online communities and such. And we have the, in many cases, the anonymity of being online and you know I'm I'm the big guy around here and I I'm yep. the smartest guy in the room and yep. I want you all to know about that. Well, you know what the more you point it out, yep. the less I believe it. You know what's so interesting about that? I'm glad you mentioned it is that before Facebook, online communities obviously existed in the earlier days of the of the dark ages of the internet. You could say that they also exist on Twitter even to this day where you don't have to put your real name, right? Whereas Facebook was the first major mainstream social network that required an identity. So Mike Schenker had to be Mike Schenker. It couldn't be like, you know, 
Jolly Mike and <laughs> you sort of hid behind some avatar that allowed you right. to be a pompous jerk, whereas in real life, maybe you would be a really fantastic person. And I think Facebook, it's interesting where since they've required it to be tied to your identity, and I know there are some people that probably create fake, well, I know that there are definitely people who create fake profile. <laughs> but, but for the most part, when you look at some of these folks on the group, they are tied to their real professional page. And I'm always amazed by that because that, it follows them right? Like that's on their page. You can go take a look at that. And I think to myself, like if you're a supplier, do you want to be working with some of these distributors that are spouting off like this? And I think to myself, it's amazing to me how online communities now have become so much more transparent. They're tied to your personal brand in a way that has never been done before. And I think about the damage that can do to you, how it can follow you, and I think to myself, like, is that a smart decision for some of these people to be weighing in like this, that where they may ultimately regret it? I completely agree with you there because I know that, and this sounds so junior high school when you, when you say it out loud, I have unfriended a yeah. bunch of people yep. over the years because of, oh my God, you didn't really just say that, yeah. did you? Yeah. You did not just go public and admit that you're that, oh, I can't associate with you. Now, having said that, I have friends of every political stripe, yep. every racial, ethnic, you name it, you know, card-carrying New York liberal here. It's just, it's, I can't help it. It, it's, it was written into my character. Yep. But I just look at some of these things and wow, you have just crossed that final line and I just could not associate right. with you. And that's it. And, and it makes me wonder if, if you were a client of mine or if you were a vendor of mine, yep. I would never give you another dime of business right? because I, I just can't support you and your thought process. Right. So Mike, I'm wondering if you could give me an example of how it is that you deal with removing people from the group. Again, we're not mentioning names, but I think that there was a current example where someone has been removed and they're now lobbying to get back in and you're close to letting them back in. Can you talk about that process and how one gets removed, but then how ultimately one can redeem themselves? Because I think that as human beings, we all deserve a second chance to some extent. Walk me through that process, again, without mentioning any specific names, but why is it that you would let someone back in? What's interesting, years ago, this goes back several years, where we had a bully in the group. Yep. And he was spoken to. Yep. Repeatedly. And finally, we just said, all right, that's it. You just can't play. By the rules, I'm sorry, but you're out. You're out. And he was one of those daily participants. And we heard about it almost instantly. What happened to so-and-so? Well, you know, pay attention. Follow the threads. You'll know why so-and-so has been kicked out. Well, you know, you really should let him back in. He's just funny that way. Right. Okay, I agree with that. Some people think that they're funnier than they really are, and, right. and I 
from experience in that regard. We heard from this person's emissaries on a regular basis. You need to let him back in. Yeah. And we never heard directly from him. Yeah, fair enough. He never once asked to come back into the group. And you know what? Years later, I believe he is still in the industry. I can tell you he is not in the group. There was another incident, and this one hit closer to home because this was actually not only a Facebook friend of mine, but this was somebody I was friendly with in real life who was just being an ass. And I told him, you've got to stop. This is just not acceptable behavior. This has to stop. And he didn't. And I wrote back finally and said, yep. hey, yep. you're out. Good. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Yeah, good for and you. a couple of days went by, maybe longer than that, and I got a, a private message from him saying, yeah, I see it. I get it. I'm, I'm an ass. Would you please reconsider? Right. right. We're not heartless people. Yeah. <laughs> and Lisa and I did discuss it. And, and since it was a personal friend of mine, she left this on me. But yeah, we let him back in with the stipulation that we're watching you. Yeah. And he has been a good citizen. He has been an active participant yeah. in the group and helpful. His ass-like behavior is a thing of the past. So Mike, I, I'm of the belief that human beings are fundamentally good as opposed to fundamentally bad. And yes, I did express my very honest reaction to some of the people who had jumped into this Facebook post as a terrible behavior. And I stick with that. I'll share with you an experience that I had on the community that I'm familiar with and spend a lot of my time on, which is Common Skew. So there was someone who had gone onto the platform a few months ago, a user of the software, and had posted do not buy from such and such supplier. They sell direct. They're terrible. I called the owner. The owner is a complete jackass and told me to, you know, go uh, uh, to go fly a kite. And as a result, I am sharing this terrible experience with all of you on Common Skew that this supplier should not be purchased from. Okay, something to that effect. I saw it, and I thought to myself, "Oh gosh, now." Fortunately, that kind of thing is rare, but it happens, right? In any community that is beyond just a handful of people, you're going to run into these challenges. So you've got a community of several thousand people. You may have some yahoos. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm the Mike Schenker of this particular platform. What am I going to do? So it was an interesting story. So I, I sent an email, a very diplomatic email to this gentleman. And I said, listen, I appreciate that this must have really stung. It must have really sucked to have lost the order. There may have been some miscommunication. It's not my job to be the the judge here or to weigh in on it, but I can just say that I, I'm sorry to hear this. That said, these kinds of posts are not constructive in this particular platform and let him know that that was not a welcome and constructive post. I then followed up with a phone call and I thought that I was going to get on with the nastiest person who is going to say, I'm a paying customer of this platform. How the hell do you talk to me like this? That's what I thought he was going to say. And I was just bracing myself for it. And it was the meekest conversation. This particular person was so 
embarrassed. It was completely opposite to how he was writing this post. So embarrassed, so appreciative of the call. He said, take that post down. I think he then, he actually took it down himself right away. And I then said, listen, what you might want to do is have a constructive call with this particular supplier, explain the situation and see what happens. So he took my advice. He called the supplier, got it all worked out and managed to get commission on this particular transaction, which was unbelievable. And he said, thanks so much for calling and reaching out and being constructive about it. And I thought to myself, wow, because I thought that I was going to be dealing with the most unbelievable (laughs) person that was just going to rake me over the coals. And I thought that that really, to me, confirmed that I think human beings at their core are good as long as they're dealt with in a constructive way. And it sounds like you have done a really good job in the Facebook group in terms of guiding that. And yes, some people are still going to be jerks and you have to kick them out, but it sounds to me like your ability to resolve conflicts is right up there. And I think that anyone who's an online community manager has something to learn from you. So well, thank you. that was my story. Mike, we've talked a little bit, we've talked a lot about the bad and ugly. I did promise that to listeners. We were going to get into that. Can you share with me an example or two of where this group has been tremendously positive, where it has really benefited people in their businesses? <sighs> I shouldn't have had to sigh before that because that infers that, oh, I've really got to think about this one for a minute. I think that there is a lot of good out there. I have watched some people as personalities evolve and become recognizable in the industry. And and maybe that has been good professionally, career-wise for the individuals. But I also see the community as at its heart, still being a good place to conduct business and to help each other. And it's not just about where can I find this blue pen. I think it's been great with the exchange of ideas. And that's really at its core what this group should be about, where I'm working with this type of new end user client I'm stuck on ideas. What has worked for you with a similar client base? And if worded properly, the trolls aren't going to jump ugly with you. But to watch people from all corners of the globe then participate and help out and cooperate, that brings a warm feeling to this cold, cold heart. It really does. I like seeing that exchange. Right. I think you do really see that in the group. Yes, there are some awkward and ugly moments, and we've spent some time talking about that, but really not to drag down the group. I think it's really more to shine a spotlight on ways to eradicate negative behavior. But for the most part, you see these connections. You see new people and experienced people within the industry coming together. I mean, this particular podcast is a product of Promo Kitchen, and Promo Kitchen is another online community that has brought people together, whether they're experienced or brand new, and the common denominator is curiosity and helping one another. So that's certainly another example of that, and it's it's wonderful when you see that. Mike, as we close things out, any 
words that you would like to leave us in closing for either members of the promotional products professionals group in terms of where you see things going and where you'd like to see the group go? And then it's a two-parter. This is a classic Mark Graham question. And the second is, for those people who are not part of this group, what message would you like to have for them in terms of how it is that they can join and participate in this dynamic community? Answering the second question first, Lisa and I take small unmarked bills. <laughs> Canadian bills? Canadian bills? Will they, will you accept those? Is quite fine. To the people that are not in the group, why not? I mean, it, it costs nothing to join, and you have nothing but opportunity to gain. And I, I strongly recommend the group, as I recommend the other networking opportunities that are out there as well. The internet, for all of its faults, and there are many, it can be a wonderful place, and you will find people that are out there looking to help. And like you, I want to believe that there is goodness out there. I, I truly believe that. Well, there is. Okay. So now the first part of that question is a little bit more difficult. For those people that are listening to this fine broadcast, to borrow words from my friend Bill Petrie and your friend too, fine broadcast, he calls it. What message do you have for those of us that are listening that are part of the Facebook group in terms of where you see this group going? What's your rallying cry for this group of 6,134 distributor and supplier members? I, I believe I will call on the words of the great British philosopher Austin Powers and use, oh, behave. And really, just behave, be professional, help each other, be good to each other. And you know what? I don't know that I'm talking specifically about the promotional product industry as much as I'm talking about life. Yeah. I'm talking about love your neighbor. Maybe this is my old hippie wannabe mentality there, but you know, what are you accomplishing by being a jerk? Yeah. Does it really cost you anything to just be nice yep. every so often? And that translates personally, professionally. We're here. We have the opportunity to help each other. If all you have is a negative contribution or if you see somebody looking for golf balls and you don't have anything constructive, I don't know if you're aware of this. You can scroll past that post without commenting. Try it sometime. That is true. You could do that. You yeah. could do that. Well, Mike, this has been a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you so much for being so honest and genuine. And I'm glad that we had the opportunity to explore all sides of this group because I think it's become its own real phenomenon, a real force to be reckoned with within our industry. And I think represents a lot of what's amazing about our industry, as well as maybe some of the dark sides. And I'm glad that we had an honest conversation. I don't know that everyone will agree with us. If you do agree with us, or if you don't agree with us, most importantly, I do hope that you will let us know. You can write to us at Promo Kitchen. You can find us on all the social medias. Maybe there's a conversation that starts in the promotional products professionals group where you and I, Mike, maybe we get dragged through the mud. 
hopefully not, but bring it. Yeah, bring, bring it. it. Exactly. But at the end of the day, I think that you and I are, are two people that have our own opinions. We are entitled to our own opinions about the behaviors of what happens in the group. We may not necessarily be right. And let's have a conversation about it. Let's be constructive. Let's be positive. And let's look forward as opposed to backwards in this business. So agreed. Mike, a kudos to you and to Lisa for starting this crazy group 10 years ago. And congratulations on all of your success on managing its ebbs and flows. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.